Dr. Michael Youssef, highlighting a life-changing truth from God's Word. The Scripture reminds us of the truth that God's love was never based on worthiness on our part, that His love was based on His sovereign, indescribable, incomprehensible choosing to love us when we are unlovable. In a moment on this episode of Leading the Way Audio, Dr. Michael Youssef offers you a greater understanding and a greater appreciation for God's indescribable love as he brings his Discipleship 101 series to a powerful conclusion. Do keep in mind that if you're not able to stay with us for the entire episode, Dr. Youssef's teachings on all topics are available online on the Leading the Way mobile app and by subscribing to the podcast. Information about all of these is available for you at ltw.org. You can also reach a ministry representative at the Leading the Way Call Center. That number is 866-626-4356. Don't call right now, though. Listen with me as Dr. Michael Youssef guides us to Ephesians chapter 3 to experience God's indescribable love on leading the way. When it comes to the disciples of Jesus, we must live all of our lives attempting to comprehend the incomprehensible love of God. And that is one of the great prayers of the Apostle Paul, who was praying for the believers in Ephesus, but indeed all the saints. So I want you to turn with me to Ephesians chapter 3, verses 18 and 19, two verses only. And his prayer is that they may grasp, that they would have the power, because we are powerless by nature. We cannot have the power to comprehend. So we needed the power of God, he says, to empower us to begin to comprehend the immensity of God's love. Please listen. Only God can empower us to do that. Nobody can comprehend the love of God without the power of God. And so that's what he said, that you may have the power, together with all the saints, all the believers, all the disciples, to grasp how wide, how long, how high, and how deep the love of Christ. And to know that love that surpasses knowledge, a use of translation that boggles the mind, that you may be filled with the measure of all the fullness of God. Paul is praying is this, for the disciples of Jesus to know the unknowable, for the disciples of Jesus to get to the bottom of the bottomless, for the disciples of Jesus to plumb the depth of the unfathomable. Now, for the few of you who found this statement confusing, take heart. It's going to be clear in a moment. Here's what Paul is praying that you and I enter more deeply into comprehending the incomprehensible love of God. We say, Michael, how in the world can we do this? This is like somebody standing in Hawaii looking at the Pacific Ocean, knowing there's got to go to California swimming. No plane, no boat. You're going to swim the depth of that ocean, that Pacific Ocean. It appears to be impossible. But if you got this, then you got it. (laughs) It is nearly impossible. I want you to hear me right. The truth is this. 
right now in this life, in this life in which we live, no matter how deep we try comprehending the love of God, it goes deeper still. It goes deeper still. And that is why the Apostle Paul says elsewhere, he said, now we know only in part, but in heaven we'll be spending all of eternity, all of eternity, fully comprehending how deep, how high, how wide, how broad the love of God is in Christ Jesus. Can I get an amen? I'm going to share with you three things. Three things. I pray to God that you remember them. I pray to God you can memorize them. I pray to God that every morning you look at them. First of all, the immensity of the cost of God's love. Secondly, the impediment of the recipients of God's love. And thirdly, the immeasurability of the blessing of the love of God. The immensity of the cost, the impediment of the recipient, and the immeasurability of the blessing. Let's look at these very quickly. First of all, the immensity of the cost of the love of God. Not the shallow love, love, anything is love. No, the immensity of the cost. I'll never forget, some of you, few of you will remember that, years ago when the Passion of the Christ movie came out, Gibson's movie, I arranged to have a private screening for the members of this congregation. And in that private screening, I decided to invite, I won't mention names, but very prominent, non-believing, other, they're not even in the Christian faith at all, leaders, a couple. And they came and sat with Elizabeth and me as we screened that movie. And I can tell you, the wife absolutely sobbed her way all the way through that movie. And yet, we are visualizing only a glimpse of that cost to God. Listen to me. To take a punch for someone is different from taking a bullet for that same person. Sacrificing an hour or two for someone is different from sacrificing your future for that person. To die for another person is difficult. But think about this. The perfect God-man who never committed a sin, whose life was far more infinite in value than any human being or all of the human beings put together, who is the creator God, the creator of the world, for him to die for some reprobates, that is impossible to measure. Secondly, the impediment of the recipient of God's love. I know most people are willing to sacrifice for loved ones. Most people. Most people will sacrifice for friends. Most people are willing to sacrifice for somebody who has done a favor for them in the past. But how many would gladly sacrifice for criminals? And yet our awesome God loved His own when we were unlovable, when we were undeserving, when we were at enmity with Him, when we were indifferent toward Him, when we were ashamed of Him. And that is why the Word of God in Romans 5 tells us that while we were still powerless, Christ died for the ungodly. 
Very rarely, said Paul, will anyone die for a righteous man, though for a good man. Some might, listen carefully, some might possibly, <laughs> some might possibly dare to die. But God demonstrated His own love toward us in this. While we were yet, what? Sinners, Christ died for us. Beloved, the depth of God's love can only be contrasted by the impediment of the recipient of God's love. Uh, but our modern dilemma, and this is where we're dealing in trying to get the Scripture to a modern culture, to a current society, to a world in which we live, which, and that's really a dilemma. It's difficulty, and it hinders us from attempting to comprehend the love of God when we think that we're so good, that we're so wonderful, that we're so worthy. Every second commercial, it says, baby, you're worth it. You're worth it. And we believe that. <laughs> Our current culture has filled us with pride and arrogance, which has invaded many a church. And that is why many a preachers will preach that God saw that we are so worthy of His love, and so He died for us. Listen to me. It is not so. The Scripture says it's not so. The Word of God says it's not so. The Scripture reminds us of the truth that God's love was never based on worthiness on our part, that His love was based on His sovereign, indescribable, incomprehensible choosing to love us when we are unlovable. I know I'm, I'm swimming against the current. I know that. I know that. I'm swimming against everything that you have been hearing all day, all week long. I know that. But it's the truth. It's the Word of God. It's interesting to me when I was expounding on the life of Abraham, and I decided to go and look and see how Jewish theologians, not Christian theologians who are studying the Old Testament, these are Jewish theologians and have written about Abraham. And because their mindset is that you basically get rewarded, you have to be good to get rewarded, and it's all rewards, 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 and therefore they actually believe and they actually teach that Abraham was so good that God blessed him. <laughs> Obviously, they forgot about the few times that he lied and did other things. But don't miss the word what the Scripture says about Abraham. The Scripture said it was credited to him. Can you say credited? credited. It was credited to him. If your employer credits money in your account, that salary, wages that you worked for, that's just what you earn. That's what you worked for. But when somebody out of the blue credits your account with a large amount of money, you had nothing to do with it, you've never worked for it, that's credit. That's grace. That's grace. That's a gift. And it was credited to Abraham. It was not a reward. Please listen. Human nature the way it is, I understand, I understand. We won't take credit for that which only God gave us a free gift. We won't get all the credit for it. And the people of Israel 
have fallen in that same trap. They really did, and they did this constantly. You see it throughout the Old Testament as the church is falling in it today. And after they got delivered from Egypt, well, they kind of saw the miracles and saw the plagues and saw the opening of the Red Sea, and they began to look at each other. Hey, we must be super-duper guys. God doesn't do that just for anybody. We are very special. We are very, very special. So Moses, in Deuteronomy 7.7, remember that? Deuteronomy 7.7, he tried to disabuse them of that falsehood, of that arrogance and pride that has sneaked into the people of God. He said, the Lord did not set his affection on you or chose you because of this or that or the other thing, <laughs> but because of his faithfulness. Did he want to keep the promise that he made to Abraham, Isaac, and Jacob? It is the faithfulness of God that did it. Listen, anyone who tells you that God loves you because of something about you, God loves you because you're so special, that God loves you because what a wonderful person you are. You need to run away from that person. It's false teaching. It's false preaching. Run. Beloved, listen to me. The depth of your love for God is in proportion to the depth of your level of comprehension of His sovereign love for you. Let me repeat this. The depth of your love for God is in proportion to the depth of your level of your comprehension of His sovereign love for you. The immensity of the cost, the impediment of the recipient, and thirdly, the immeasurability of the blessings of God's love. In 1 John 3.1, or 1 John 3.1, it says, and please listen with your heart, listen with your ears, listen with your eyes. 1 John 3.1, see how great the love of the Father has bestowed on us that we should be called the children of God. Immeasurable blessing, mind-blowing blessing, mind-boggling blessing. But don't miss what I'm going to tell you about this particular verse, this particular text. John is telling us that God's love for us went beyond rescuing us from sin and death and hell. You say, is more? Yes. Listen carefully, please. His love for us went beyond sacrificing Himself for us. How can that be? Can there be more? Yes. God's love went beyond forgiving our sins. Really, that is a blessing by itself. All the blessings. No, but there's more. God's love went beyond clemency for His enemies. I'm sure probably some of you are saying, well, Michael, how can that be? How can the love of God be greater and more than what already mentioned? The forgiveness of sin, eternal life, rescuing us, all of that. I want to tell you how. Because He could have sacrificed, forgave, He could have rescued, He could have redeemed, and stopped there, and that would be fantastic. That would be amazing. That would be indescribable. That would be absolutely beyond description. Ah, oh, but no, 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 no. He went much, 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 much further than that. He went much further than all of this. His love took us 
into his family, and he called us children. Beloved, you can forgive somebody, but he has taken us into the family, and he called us his children. Listen, listen to me. There is no human analogy, and I thought long and hard through the years that I've been in ministry. There is no human analogy that can explain this. There's nothing that can explain this. None. Even to think of a juvenile criminal being adopted by the royal family, it doesn't cover it. It doesn't even come close. Even if you think of a juvenile criminal who killed a member of your family and you adopted him or her, it doesn't cover it. Do you know why? Do you know why? Because God's love for His own went much, 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 much further than all of this. Yes, His love took us criminal into His family, and He called us children. By the way, as an aside, some of you know this, especially those of you whom I know well and adopted children through the years, and certainly most assuredly of the immense and deep admiration and appreciation that I have for them. They know that. But there is still one thing that you and I could never, 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 never do in a million years with adopted children. We cannot change their nature. We cannot change their hereditary traits. We cannot change their DNA. We cannot change their human genes. We cannot change their temperament. Oh, we love them, and we tell them that we love them, and we influence them, and we train them. But we could never change them. Oh, but God does. God does. God does. God's love was not merely signing an adoption papers, even though it was signed by His own blood. God's love was not just sacrificing everything for their adopted children. God's love was not merely taking us home and telling us, His adopted children, how much He loves us, how much He cares for us. No, but God's love for us did something we could never, 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 never do in a million years. He imparted something of Himself in us and into us. So much so that we can take on the family resemblance, that we can take on the family traits, that we can take on the family genes and DNA. Listen to 1 John 3, 9. No one born of God. Now, I want you to think of this verse long and hard in the light of the false teaching of so many megachurch pastors, including in this city. I want you to think long and hard about this. No one is born of God. Habitually practice sin. Why? Because it is God's seed that remains in him. He cannot go on sinning because he has been born of God. But there's more. There's more. This is how we know the children of God. That's the only way we know. That's the only way. Not what they say. Beloved, this is a far cry from this modern-day pastors who are saying, well, if you can't help it, it's okay. God understands. 
It is just your nature. That's the way He made you. It doesn't matter which sin you live in or habitually commit or whatever you do. No. No. I'm going to tell you this as I conclude. It's a true story, if I can get through it. A little girl sat across from her daddy with legs and braces. Tears were flowing down her face as the physical therapist had just finished working on her legs. As this precious girl feels the deep pain of what the therapist has been working, as she feels the deep pain as the physical therapist just ended, the tears flows down her face as she said to her daddy, Daddy, don't you love me just the way I am? The father hugs his precious daughter and said to her, Yes, honey, I love you just the way you are. But I love you too much to let you stay the way you are. Oh, my beloved friends, God's incomprehensible love for His own is so deep, is so wide, so broad, so high, to leave us the way He found us. Can I get an amen? amen. His immeasurable love imparts His divine nature to enable us to say no to sin, to have victory over sin, to overcome sin, to experience the indescribable power of His Holy Spirit, to live righteously. Listen to me. Anyone who tells you otherwise is of the devil. They are denying the power of God to transform us, and that's from Satan. Oh, regardless of the pain on the flesh. And make no mistake about it. I lived long enough to know that. There's pain to the flesh when we say no to sin. There's pain on the flesh. There's a pain to the old nature. Regardless of the pain of my, comes from rejection or even persecution that we may experience when we say no to sin. God loves us too much to let us live for self. God loves us too much to leave us to our own lust and pride, unforgiveness and bitterness and hatred and gratification of the flesh. God paid a colossal price, not just to forgive our sins. Of course, He did this and He does that, but He paid a colossal price to deliver us from sin and give us victory. Dr. Michael Youssef with a message called God's Indescribable Love on this episode of Leading the Way Audio. Hi friends, Michael Youssef here. Have you ever been rejected by someone you love? A parent, a child, or a loved one? It hurts, doesn't it? But to all who become God's sons and daughters, He has promised, I will never leave you nor forsake you. Would you come to Jesus today and surrender your life to Him? Come find one who will never leave you feeling rejected or alone. Visit ltw.org slash Jesus. Often driven by fear, Christians and non-Christians alike are seeing world events unfold and asking, is this the end of the world? 
Find hope and security in the pages of God's Word when you get your copy of The End Times Book Collection by pastor and author Dr. Michael Youssef. This special package includes Is the End Near? End Times and the Secret of the Muddy and the hope-filled Never Give Up. Right now, Dr. Youssef is offering these resources together in a special book packaging called The End Times Book Collection. Details at ltw.org. I hope you'll consider ordering this collection of life-changing books. And do remember, they're only available while supplies last. So call now, 866-626-4356. Or look for further details at the ministry website. That's ltw.org. Again, it's called The End Times Book Collection at ltw.org. This program is furnished by Leading the Way with Dr. Michael Youssef, passionately proclaiming uncompromising truth.